Well, again, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? All right, well, I'm glad you're here. I think it's time for, just as, real quick, I think we need some energy in the room today. So, so let's do the wave, all right? Start over here, let's go. Wave, up, and come back. All right, so, now that was energy. Now you gotta match that. Okay, wee! Oh, perfect, thank you. Like, let's do it one more time and see if we can bring it back. I'm just getting, I'm getting entertained up here. It's kind of fun. So, so, so here we go. Let's go. Let's look oh, it's falling, falling. All right. We need to go to more baseball games together or something. <laughs> hey, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. You know, I'm so excited to, that we get to get together this morning and we get to worship our God in heaven, our creator. And, you know, and he's, um, he's given Buddy and Gay this great series that we're, uh, that we're set in the second week of, um, of family. And, um, you know, Buddy kicked it off last week about talking about what, getting back to the family basics. And, you know, when we need to fight for our families. You know, we went through this series of rebuild and Nehemiah was talking about rebuilding the wall and and all that took place on the wall. And he had one key verse in there that, that really kind of brings apart even about what we're still doing today. We, just, we didn't do just do away with rebuild. You know, after we got done with that series, rebuild is continuing. We're continuing to rebuild our students and, and the infrastructure here and in, and in Smithfield, Virginia. And, you know, I was so excited. Um, I got to spend uh, uh, Thursday and Friday and um, part of yesterday in Smithfield, um, you know, kind of getting and talking with people in the community on Thursday and Friday morning. And then our mission team came down um, Friday afternoon and, and was there all night, Friday night and Saturday, um, kind of getting through and gutting that building and getting it all ready so that we're getting ready to do um, you know, reach the people in that community in Smithfield, so it's exciting. But, you know, one key thing, though, that went on with Rebuild, you know, when we were building the wall up here and, um, and, that, and that stuff's in that wall in the cafe now is that we were talking about rebuilding ourselves. And, and it's so crucial that, it's, that we're talking about when we have to rebuild, we need to rebuild our families. We need to rebuild our families. We need to strengthen our families. You know, Nehemiah says it best. He said it this in, in Nehemiah 4.14, fight, fight for your people your sisters and your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives, your homes. He wants us to fight. We need to stand on the wall and fight for our families. We have to rebuild our families. We need to strengthen our families. You know, if, if we don't do this, we're going to lose our families. And you can see that it happening all around the world today and around our society here. You know, the United States used to have some great family values. They used to have some real great, strong family core values. And, and we still have some of those around. But, you know, when I've gone to, to, to Nigeria or I go to South America and I've worked in the mission field, those family values are still there so strong. You know, and, and we've kind of lost touch with that. And it's time to fight for our families here in America, guys. And, um, and so whether you're worship, worshiping with online or anywhere today, we're going to fight for our families today. And we're going to start by reclaiming the time that we have with our families. It's time for us to, because time is so important. Your time has been given to each and every one of us. You know, um, you know today, time is so important and valuable that most of you, probably by the time, some point since you've been here this morning, have pulled out your phone to see what time it is to make sure that you're going to get out of here on time. Right? You know, you want to make sure the preacher doesn't run over. You know, the, the booth, if you look back on the back wall, they've got a clock on there to make sure that I don't go over time. You know, we, we value time so much, it's like we, can, we count it down to the very second on our watches. You know, we, we, we do this. We, time is important, and time is, it doesn't matter how rich or how poor we are, we all are given time. It's the great equalizer. You know, time is so important to all of us. They've even developed websites devoted to time. 
Um, Colin, did you get that to pull up? So here's, here's the website I found him doing this, deathclock.com. So I put in my information, and um, I'm going to die on Christmas. <laughs> to, 2049, so Jody, guys, don't buy me presents in 2049. But so far I have 1,060,604,000, and four, by the time I'm done saying this, 400 seconds left to live. They put it out there. We value, we value time. Some people might say, well, time doesn't really matter. You know, we've got that attitude. But yet we've all been counting down time. Tell that to, tell that to some swimmers that are in the race. You know, I've got, I've got swimmers in my family. So I can, they, it's all about beating the time, getting your time better. You know, last week on Mother's Day, we went down to a swim meet. And Gracie swam the 200 free. And, um, and it was a great race. I mean, these girls are coming in at the wall at the very, very last second. And between um, Gracie ended up getting first place, her best friend, which looked like she should have had second, by the way, you know, sitting from the stands, but between first place, and she ended up in fifth. And we're talking just out-touching. Within that first place to fifth place, the difference in the time from being first place or being in fifth place was 0.36 seconds. You know, time matters. If you don't think time matters, have you ever been with someone that's on their deathbed, sitting there talking with them and, and sharing in that, those last moments, they wish they had more time. You know, time is important to us. Time is, is there. You know, I don't know what happened with the research I did earlier this week because when I typed in this, maybe something, I, it said I was going to die in 2065. So I've already lost some years here between uh, Wednesday and this weekend, so... Uh, that's, whew. I mean, at least before it wasn't on Christmas. I mean, <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. So, you know, each year, each year we're given an amount of time. If we're going to make it through the year, we're given an amount of time. We're given 8,760 hours. That is 525,600 minutes, which is, is the same as 31,536,000 seconds that we're given. Today... You were given 86,400 seconds to do something with. What are you going to do with that time? You see, time is important to us, and it's also important to God. And some might say, well, why is it important to God? Because God has always been and he always will be. So what's the matter? What, why does he care about time? Well, he tells us in his scripture, he counts the days that are, that are numbered, and he talks to us about the time because he has a purpose and a plan for all of us with the time that he's given us here on earth. And that's what we're going to kind of dive into today. You know, I'm so excited with you to talk to you about this topic of time. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing to hear all the different things that are in their time. And, you know, I, I was thinking, I was doing research, and I couldn't think of, I was reading all these different passages of scripture, and you know, the Bible has some great things on time. And so, and there's a great book of the Bible that kind of talks about time. And, and maybe some of you might know what that is. And so why, why don't you give me the answer? What do you think that book of the Bible is? I'm going to read from a little bit today. What? Ecclesia? Yeah, but it, you know what? I've got a better one for you. And everyone loves this book. I know if you've really read the Bible and spent some time studying, you love this book. It's the book of Job. Yeah, you're laughing because you know what happens to Job. But you know what? This is what Job says about time. In Job chapter 7, verse 6, it says this. It says, my life drags, drags by day after hopeless day. And then in chapter 9, verse 25, he says, my days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of joy. Aren't you glad you're at church this morning? Whew. But you know, there is some, there's some relevance to this. That our time, it does just goes away. 
Our time is ticking away. The second hand's there. You know, I could have quoted, and everyone would have been able to say it, the days of our lives, quote, you know, like the hours, through the sands passing through, whatever that is. I can't say it. I, obviously, I don't watch days of our lives. But, you know, there's an awesome, there's an awesome psalm that I want to kind of talk about and break apart for us today about time. And the psalms we all thought were written by David, but yet there's a psalm in there that's a prayer that was written by that of Moses. Moses had a lot to say about time and, and, and this. And so we're going to open our Bibles this morning. And you can join me by looking at it. I'm reading from the Living Bible. Um, you can pull a phone up, a Bible app up, or the scripture will be um, on your program notes. But I'm going to read from Moses, uh, the prayer of Moses through the 90th Psalm today. And, and, um, and so... Uh, he starts off by this, and, and we'll break it down. I'm not going to read it all the way through without breaking some pieces apart, so, so stick with me. Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were created, before the earth was formed, you are God without a beginning and without an end. You know, Moses recognized that God had always been, and God will always be. That there's this eternity out there. And, but yet then God spent some time creating you, the world, and you and I, and we fall within this time here on earth. You speak, and man turns back to dust. You see, God created us and, and formed us out of the dust. And just like that song said that we sang earlier, um, beautiful things, that God creates beautiful things out of the dust. And that's you and I. But yet, one day, we will return to the dust. You speak to man, you speak, and man turns back to dust. A thousand years are but as yesterday to you. They're like a single hour. In some translations, it says that it's like that of a watch. A thousand years or that of a watch. And I'm not talking a physical watch on your wrist. I'm talking a watch that when someone was standing on the wall to guard the wall cities, that a watch was a time period of about three hours where you would come and stand for a three-hour time to make sure no one was going to attack your city. And in that three-hour time that you're standing watch is a thousand years to that of God. It goes to show you how much time and how big time is to God and how small our time is here on earth. It says, we glide along the tides of time as swiftly as the racing river and vanish as quickly as a dream. We are like the grass that is green in the morning but mowed down and withered before the evening shadows fall. We got this morning, we woke up, we're like the fresh grass. He's given us this fresh day. But by the end of the day, our time is gone for the day. It's mowed down. We can't get it back. We will die beneath your anger. We were overwhelmed by your wrath. This wrath and this anger we hear of God isn't just this anger like what we think of. They cannot really translate this great, like when it came into the English language out of the, out of the Hebrew. But this is talking about the glory of God. This anger and wrath in which we speak of is the glory of God, which we could never even stand before because, boom, we would just, we, we would disappear. We'd vanish because we couldn't even stand being in four. Moses got to be a little bit of the glimpse and a piece of the glory of God when he was on top of the mountain. And when he came down, he was white. He was glowing almost radiant to the people. And they're like, what happened to you? Well, I got to see just a little bit of God. You know, we're talking about the power of God. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. So we can't hide anything we do with the time we have here on earth from God. No wonder the years are long and heavy beneath your wrath. All the days are filled with sighing. Seventy years are given to us, and some even live to be eighty. But even the best of these years are often empty and filled with pain. Soon they disappear and we're gone. 
Who can realize the terrors of your anger? Which of us can fear you the way he should? How can we live our lives in the fear of God and the awe of God of his glory? You know, how can we, how can we spend this time realizing that, that this world that we live in where we're signing, we're dealing with the difficulties of this world, it, there's much more beyond that, but we're stuck feeling this because we're not really grasping the concept of time with God. See, so Moses was saying this, and I'm gonna stop here after verse 12 because Moses tells us directly that he's asking God, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are, help us to spend them how we should. And that's gonna be our focus of today. We're gonna fight for the time of our families and fight for the time of God this morning. That's where we're gonna take a look at the different ways of time. You know, we spend our time doing so many different things. And in your sermon notes today, you can go there and I left the blanks. They're not gonna, answers aren't gonna pop up on the screen because this is for you to fill in the answers and you look at it and you take home um, this week. I could have put a bunch of lines on there, but how are you filling up your time right now? What are you doing to fill up your Monday through Sunday? What is it that you're doing? Do you fill that in? What, and then, then we can ask ourselves, what is it that's getting in the way of us spending the right amount of time with our families and with God? I love that we had a question um, in there, and you're going to be blown away by the answer that I'm going to give you here in a little bit about how much time we actually spend with our family. Because yes, we may be in the same home living there together um, in there, but how much time? When I talk time, quality time, are we spending with our families? Little Haley wasn't too far off, it's sad to say. And so we're gonna get into that. We have to fight for our times. You know, what we have that gets in the way of us spending time with, our, with God who created us and our families is that of distraction. You see, distractions try to get in the way of us filling out what the purpose of the time that God's given us here right now. Nehemiah talks a little bit about this in Nehemiah chapter six. He talks about this, that they've got a purpose. There's a timeline they are on to rebuild that wall. There's a time where we need to rebuild our relationship with God here on earth. And there's a time for us to rebuild our relationships with our families. And, and, and so we have to make a purpose of that. And, but yet distractions try to get in the way. And, and you know, they came to him on the wall and Nehemiah was standing up there and they're like, Nehemiah, come down and talk to us. And he's like, no, I'm not coming off this wall. I've got a job to do. It says in Nehemiah chapter six, verse 15, even with all that interference, all the wall soon was soon finished. They had, he had a purpose. They stayed on that. They got the job done within 52 days of completing the wall. He knew and he didn't waste the time that God had given him. What are some of the distractions that, that, that we have in our lives that, that are taken away from our time right now? And this is for you guys to open answer back, feedback here. So what's, what's something that, uh, that gets in the way of your time? What, that takes up your time that gets a distraction from God or family? Work, what was another one? Sports, social media, Facebook, yep. What? Netflix, okay. All right, so yes, you've got all great answers. And here I'm gonna give you some statistics on some of these things. Social media, all right. This is blow, this, so if you're younger than 18, you probably spend a lot more time than what's even mentioned here. But eight, between the ages of 18 to 34, in a year, you've spent close to 1,387 hours on social media. Studies show that if you're between the ages of 35 to 49, you've spent 1,095 hours on social media. 
And those that are 50 to 64, 876 hours on social media. You know, families are spending a little over half an hour. Listen to this. Here's the answer to that question from Family Feud. Families are spending a little over a half an hour of quality time together during the week. Not a day, the week. Because of the demands of modern life. A new survey says that parents and children have less than eight hours together in a total week. Weekends are the best, at the best with family with an average of two hours and 25 minutes, which consumes of Friday, Saturday and Sunday. But during the week, the amount shrinks on a Monday through Friday to the time you're spending with your, your families. And this doesn't just equate to your kids, but the time that you're probably spending with your significant other, your spouse, um, and, and maybe parent, children spending with their parents and, and things like that. 36 minutes. And we, we laughed and chuckled about two hours a day. But the reality is that families are really only spending about 36 minutes of quality time together each day. Because we're trying too busy to juggle work, chores, school routines, and getting out to different activities for our children or our own lives. And even when families get together, seven out of ten parents would say the time spent in silence, and a lot of time is spent in silence in front of the TV because they are busy reading, playing computer games, or simply just too tired to talk. The top ten reasons for not getting enough quality time is because I work or my, my wife works long hours. We're spending every moment that we have not working um, on the evenings and the weekend keeping up with the household chores. Uh, the children are at school when I'm not working. You know, this was a problem for us in our home, that Gracie and Jackson were at school, and our, our day off, we take one day off a week, and that's Tuesday. And our day off, our children were in school. So we had to come up with solutions. So we homeschool our children now, so that way we get a day off with our kids. Because when they are off from school on the weekends, we're here. You know, you have to, you have to take, find solutions to these things. The children are often watching TV. A lot of these things can be self-fixed. There's a thing called on the back of the TV, it's called a plug. My, 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 I either or my, my, my wife works anti-social hours. They're working through the night, different times when people aren't around. The children are often playing computer games. And that, some of that goes to the parents. I used to be one of those that would sit down and play a computer, like a, a video game or something. You know, I see all you guys out there on Facebook sending me still invitations to Candy Pop, <laughs> whatever that is, Candy Crush. You know, we're spending time on that. We can turn those things off. The children are at that age when they really don't want to spend time with us. You know, we, we make this misconception. You know, I, I've had the privilege for a few months to work with teenagers in our church and be involved in different things. When I first came here 16 years ago, I was a middle school volunteer. You know, and, and the reality is, their children, they want our time. We have to learn as parents and stuff to fight for it, but they want our time. You have to fight for it. Just so they give you the attitude that they don't want that time with you, it's not truth. The children are often out with their friends. Well, who can control that? You know, they might get upset, but, you know, they're going to remember that time with you more than they're going to remember that time with their friends. The children are spending their evening studying, which is all good. 
You know, the demands of our education system today is ridiculous, you know, um, and, and what they're doing. And they're having a great education, I'm not going to knock that. But yet, you know what? We have to teach our children how to, how to divide up their time so that they're not just so much in the books that they're missing out on the time of life with family. We spend a lot of time on various sports or after, two, after club activities that, that keep us separate. You know, by the time that we're 70 years old, here's what we've spent our life doing. We've spent 23 years of our life sleeping. We've spent 16 years of our life working. We've watched at least eight years of our life on television. We've spent six years of our lives eating. We've traveled six years. We've spent doing leisure activities about four and a half years. We've been sick with a cold of some sort for four years of our life. And just to get your socks and your pants on, um, each and every day you've spent two years of your life. The sad statistic, though, is this, that for most Americans today, they've spent 0.5 years going to church or spending time with God. It's sad. You know, you think of that. Out of 70 years of a life, person living 70 years, only six months of their entire life has been six months completely devoted to God of 70 years. And you know, see, the key to get back to our families, to find the time with our families, is finding back to that time with God and reestablishing that. So how should we refocus our time with God and family? You see, James tells us this in 4, 4, James 4, 14. He says, for the length of our lot, your lives is as uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, and soon it will be gone. Watch this. Whoa! I really hope you're not death, because I have tickets to go see Jellyfish Sandwich tonight, and... I am not death. I am an angel. Oh. An angel of death. Oh. What's with the cloak? Oh, I didn't want to frighten you. I've got big wings. Thanks. Hey, listen, uh, things are going pretty good for me right now. Uh, is there any way that, you know, maybe I can get a little bit more time? A dollar. Where I'm from, the streets are paved with gold. Oh. Ah, I've got what you want. Right, check it. So you got flatty, right? And then affliction, all right? I mean, this is the look you want. I think it'll really show off your eyes. I mean, it's got the sparkles, the bedazzles. Oh! I'm clothed in radiant light. Okay, all right, you're gonna destroy my retinas. All right, hey, how about these? You wanna fly like LeBron? Again, the wings. Uh, like fast cars? To go with the speed of thought? I've got it up to 120. Well, you can take it to go see Jellyfish Sandwich tonight. Two tickets, front row. I mean, they don't have a heart, but they're pretty good. Look, I work for the creator and designer of all music, of all sound for that matter. Of all matter for that matter. I mean, that's my new HD flat screen TV over there. Doesn't do anything for you? It's 3D. Yeah, so is the Milky Way. You're really a one-upper, you know that? Yeah, I live in heaven with God. We got some pretty cool stuff up there. I mean, not that you'll ever see it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or am I? And how should we be spending it? You know, I wanted to give you a little bit of an idea of, of the, uh, this, this concept of time by using the word time to break it into four points. 
So we're gonna start off by using the letter T. And what we should do with our time is that we should first learn to treasure our time. Our time of, that God has given us by not just spending time, but spending quality time with God in our family. You see, Moses laid it out there perfectly for us, letting us know that just how precious our time is. You see, God has numbered our days. While we tend to focus on the count from being, you know, growing up, you know, that next year I'll be 39, then 40, then 41, God's taken whatever the number that he's got at the end, and he's counting backwards. You know, we've got a certain amount of time. We tend to focus on our time so much about ourselves, and we think it's about ourselves, but then we're really missing out on what time is really all about. And God's given us this time here on earth to find purpose, to serve him, to treasure that time, to treasure that time with our children, with our wives, with our husbands, with our mothers, with our fathers, with our grandparents, with our siblings. We're going to treasure that time so that we can learn to glorify him. Time comes, you know, of us, it was given as each second is given to us to be treasured. You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. It's easy to go out and spend $100 a day and remake $100, but you can't get back time once it's passed. And so once we learn that that, that thing is, of time is a treasure to us, then we need to learn how to invest our time. You know, I mentioned in our last point about quality time spent should be our focus with our families, our spouses, our, our children, uh, our parents, our siblings, those around us that we want to consider family. Families don't just have that bloodline, but they have family, friends, and, and things that they have those things. We need to invest that quality time in about creating everlasting memories. You know, it's, just, it's to me, you know, this is something that I really value because, you know, I work with my family, but that doesn't mean that we get quality time together. You know, I have my mother and father-in-law who, who I, get, I love to death, but I'm, and I'm with them throughout the week, but they're my bosses as well. And, and I work with my wife. But that doesn't mean that we get a lot of quality time together because things can get focused so much on what needs to be done here at the church that we're missing out on that time. So, you know, we had to learn to invest time. This week, I'm so excited because we're going to invest that time, you know, with, with uh, Buddy and Buddy's dad and Christian, my oldest, and Jackson, my youngest, and I, we take an annual fishing trip. And we're going this week to, to spend that time. It always rains on us, so you predict, you know, we're planning a camping trip, so guess what? Probably more week rain for you guys this week, sorry. Um, but, you know, we go, and the river might be too high to go fishing, but yet we have a great time of just the memories that are created is, um, you know, I get the phone calls of, the, from Jody, hey, is Jackson wearing the goggles? Because I know he's shooting um, the BB guns at cans and stuff off the fence post. Yeah, he's got his goggles on. Jackson, go get your goggles on. Um, you, know, uh, you know, we're creating those memories. We invest that time to create memories of what it is. Try to, to invest your time means to, to find purpose for the time that we have. God's given us time. He's given us all time today. Are we investing it? Are we treasuring it? Are we, you know, what was that is? You know, here, imagine this, okay? You know, you got to play along with this with me, all right? So today, guess what, everyone? I'm going to give you 86, I'm going to give you $86,400. Now, none of you are excited. I'm going to give each of you $86,400. All right. 
here's the key though, all right? You're going to get this money and I'm going to give it to you today. You have to go out and invest it. You have to spend it today because you can't carry over a balance to tomorrow. At the end of the day, it's zero, okay? So tomorrow you don't have anything left of that money. Now, if I gave that to you, I guarantee you, boom, you pick up out here, you go off and you go to, you know, Bass Pro Shop, wherever, you know, get the best gear, you know, wherever you're going to go and you spend it. And you'd, you'd make wise investment, wise choices with that. And you'd make the most of that money, right? Make the most out of using that money today. Well, you, do you realize that you are giving, given 86,400 seconds from God every day? You can't get it back. How are you investing it? How are you investing that time? Are you investing that time by holding on to grudges with family members? Or are you letting it go? Are you, are you investing that time with your heavenly father, the, the creator of time? Or are you so, working, oh, so focused on your selfish ambitions that you're missing out what it is and the purpose that's behind the time that you've been given? You see, once we learn that we have to invest our time, that it's a, when first we realize it's a treasure, then we have to invest it. Well, what do you do with investments? You have to learn how to manage them. We have to manage our time and manage it better. We're going to manage our time better. We have to start by rebuilding the relationships. First, we have to start by rebuilding that relationship with the creator of time and earth, of, with God. That means you're going to have to put him first in your life because you see so much we're trying to set the priorities. We're trying to manage our time by setting our own priorities and we try to squeeze God in there and making him a priority of our day. Well, I've got news for you. God doesn't need you to make him a priority of your day because God is the one who orchestrates and creates the priorities of today. He's the one that establishes your priorities and when you put him first, he will let you know exactly where the priorities should lie that day, whether it be getting up there, getting up there and working overtime or getting down here and spending the time with your, your wife or your son or your daughter or your brother or your sister or your grandmother or that friend that's in need. God will help you set that. You gotta allow him to be the manager of your time. Seek him first and by putting him first, he will help you rebuild and strengthen that family relationship, those family things in time and rebuild that. You know, he's given us this time so that we can glorify him first and then help us to manage our things so that then we can do what time's really meant to do here on earth, and that's to enjoy time. We're supposed to enjoy the days that we've been given. The last point is that, is to, to enjoy our time. In order to learn how to properly enjoy our time with God and family, we have to learn, learn how to say no to some things. We're gonna have to learn how to say no to some things and some people that steal our time. Because if we don't learn how to manage our time properly, we're never going to learn how to enjoy our time because someone else is going to be managing our time with our families, whether it's social media, whether it's this thing that we, our children want to get out to, whether it's this other thing that, that my, my wife wants to go do or whatever. If we don't learn to say no, we're going to miss out on the time that we've been given. You see, your time with God and family should be enjoyable. And when your time on here earth comes to an end, are you going to wish that you spent more time at work or with your family? Are you gonna wish that you had finished watching that television series or more time creating new memories, maybe sitting down playing a family board game? Enjoy life and create memories with your family. You know, uh, Pam gave me this illustration in between services and I, and I love it. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I'm gonna paraphrase it. You know, this one little boy would go to his father and it just goes right into what the, the closing of this, and this wraps up so greatly with this, is because this is what our father does with us. But this little boy would go to his father, and he'd ask him for an allowance every day. And and the and the and the the son would go, and the father would get angry, asking him, "Well, I just gave you money. What do you need more money for?" 
and, and, and he sent him off to the, his room. And the father stood outside the bedroom door, kind of sitting there. It was late at night. He said, go to bed, son. And, and the, the son's there. He's laying in there. He's kind of whimpering a little bit. You know, because the, the boy had asked earlier that day, how much, how much does his dad make an hour? And so the father opens the bedroom door, goes in, and he says, son, are you still awake? Yes, dad. And angry, he was angry about the money, and, and, and he said, well, you know what? Here you go. Here's $20. Well, the son picked it up, and he put it under his pillow, and he, the, the father then lifts the pillow and sees, well, he's got all this wad of money sitting there. And, and, the, and the, he's, he gets angry again. He's like, what are you doing with all this money? He says, because I'm trying to buy an hour of your time. How many of our children are saying that to us today? How many of our wives or our husbands or our brothers or sisters or parents are saying to that today? You know, God did that for us. God wanted our time. God wants our time. God wanted our time into eternity. And so what did he do? He allowed his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that he could spend the rest of time, not here on earth, but in heaven with him. What are we doing with the time that we've been given here? Are we enjoying the time that, we're, that we've been given here on earth today? Are we learning how to treasure it, how to invest it, how to manage it? You know, I'm going a little bit over on our time today, and I'm sorry, but I think this is an important message for us to realize, the, the concept of time and what God's given us and why we use it. You see, God wants us to live time to the fullest. He wants us to live life to the fullest. He wants to do that, but in order to learn how to use that time and manage that time and, and enjoy that time, we have to first be in a relationship with the creator and giver of life, and that is Jesus Christ. You see, he says in, his, he says in John 10.10, 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You know, there's a thief that's out there trying to steal and destroy your family by taking away your time right now. But we need to reprioritize that, and we need to find new life, and we can find new life through that of Christ, because Jesus says, I have come that, that they, that you and I, may have life and to have it to what are you doing with your time what are some of the priority shifts that you need to make with your time you know time goes by I love that song while it's just kind of a sad song but if I could save time in a bottle you know it's kind of a love song but think of that love song as that it's a love song between you and God he wants to create memories with you and with your family he wants to be a part of that. It's time to fight and rebuild the time in our family. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We just give you praise and glory for the time that you've allowed us to be here to worship you. Lord, I thank you for the time that, that uh, in, in the words that you've given us to hear from, from you today and how we should treasure our time and invest our time and, and manage our time and learn to enjoy our time and you know, that all comes through having a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here this morning and you haven't been able to find those things with time because you've never been in that relationship with God through his son, Jesus. Well, simply just pray this prayer with me this morning and you just simply cry out and say, Lord, I do accept your gift. I accept your gift of that salvation that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior and for the forgiveness of my sins. And then you simply thank him. And maybe we've had that relationship with God, but yet we haven't made him, we've been trying to make him a priority in our time schedule rather than that of letting him set the priorities. And when he sets those priorities, it's gonna be with him and it's gonna be with our families, then with our job. I don't know what it is that you have to set aside 
and surrender to God today to, to make more to make that time of importance to fight for your family and fight for God the priority in your life. But that can you can you can you write that down? Can you think about that and meditate on that as we sing this last song? I love what this song says about spending eternity with Him. So let us stand. And we're going to continue to worship this last song. It'll be something to think about as we finish up with this song. You know, our children's ministry has these great books out there. It talks about the orange curriculum. And this relates to parents and children right now, but you can take it and you can make it work for husbands and wives and um, grandparents, grandchildren, siblings. But do you realize that, that in, when you, from the time your child is born to the time that they will leave the home and after, for graduating high school, you only have 936 weeks with your children. Do you realize that by the time they start kindergarten at age five, you only have 676 weeks left with your children? And this one gets me because I've got a 12-year-old daughter. And now that she's 12, and we're past her 12th birthday, so this is even less than this. But when your child turns 12, you have 312 weeks left with your child in your home. And by the time they're driving and they've turned 16, you only have 104 weeks left with your kid. What are you doing to fight for the time of your family? What are you doing to fight for the time with your God? Let us stand and worship and reflect on that. When sunlight breaks and the day has just begun 